0: This is the Balancing Act by Security Compass, your guide to going fast while staying safe in today's digital world.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast today. We've got a special guest, Carmichael. Carmichael, welcome.
0: Hey, Altaz. Hey, Uh, nice to meet you guys.
1: Wonderful. That's great. Carmichael, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are, what you do?
0: Yeah. uh, So my name is Carmichael Patton. I'm with our uh, inside of Microsoft within our organization, Digital Security and Resilience. Um, and I'm a security architect focused mostly on uh, endpoint protection around all of the, the, the non-Windows systems. So I, I'm at Microsoft doing non-Windows things, <laughs> um, whether that's iOS, Android, Linux, Mac. Uh, I also dally into the, the sort of platform security within Azure uh, spaces like containerization and, and things like that. Um, my, my big focus for the last couple of years, three years, I guess now, um, has been around the zero trust architecture here inside of Microsoft and how we, we do it internally. The organization, I think a lot of folks, folks used to call Microsoft IT. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, you know, just how do we, how are we implementing zero trust inside of our company and business? And, and for the last six years, that's pretty much been, you know, from an endpoint protection strategy, what I've been working on. So.
1: That's awesome. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Let's just dive right into this, Carmichael. So, you know, we talk about zero trust, and there are organizations that are looking at zero trust, and they're at various stages of either exploring it or implementing it. Uh, let me start by asking you: When an organization has zero trust, in your opinion, who should own that zero trust program in an organization?
0: Well, that's a great question. <clears throat> um, and I think first off the, the zero trust um, is sort of that weird market term that I think folks like to use and it sometimes scares people, but mm-hmm. it really ends up being a security driving uh, effort, right? So I think within our organization and in a lot of the other ones that I've talked to, it all ends up being the security group that tends to own it because it's really about the the protection of the environment, right? Whether you want to call it the old school defense in depth or, or something else, that's really what it is, right? It's ensuring, at least for us, it's ensuring three things, right? Is, is that my identities are modern and, and healthy, and that I'm using things like MFA or if you can go passwordless, you know that that type of modern identity architecture, uh, that the devices are healthy, so ensuring that you've got the right sets of policies on there, that you're you're looking for. Bad actors, you're looking for malware, things like that, Um, and then telemetry. I mean, if if you don't have telemetry, how can you do all the other stuff too, right? So, it it all ends up being, I think, again, within the security organization. Now, that's not to say that there aren't other groups involved, and of course, we have this just this massive group of folks that we work with. Um, But, but it is sort of the end of the day, a security driver. Yeah.
1: So, so you know, when we look at security, and 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 you know, there's this uh, zero trust program. what's the value proposition that a security team um, sort of emanates when it comes to zero trust? Like ultimately this has to offer some value to the organization. how how do they go about doing this? you know what is that conversation like in terms of portraying the value of zero trust? I think it
0: becomes twofold. one, you know, it's the security, of course, the value that you get from ensuring that your, your users are using the, their identities and that you know who they are and you've got multi-factor authentication set up so that you're, you're validating that they are who they are. Um, and then, of course, like I mentioned, the device states and the device health so that you ensure that only managed and healthy devices are connecting to your resources. But, but I think the other aspect that sort of sometimes goes unnoticed in this space is the productivity gains that you get from it. And, you know, I mean, I think about the, um, and not to date the the podcast here, but if I think about the last year and a half that we've all been (laughs) experiencing of working from home, you know, how do you enable yourself to do that in an easy and effective way so that you know, I don't have to necessarily worry about what devices you're connecting to me from, because I know that you're coming from a healthy and managed device. It doesn't matter what network you're on, whether you're on your home network or coffee shop network or, mm-hmm. or or whatnot, right? I'm getting all that telemetry and things like that. And I think that's the, you know, again, sort of the um, reward to it all is, is you get the security, but you have to have the productivity that comes along with it as well.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. You bring up the two levels here, right? There's sort of the the endpoint itself, and then as you go through it, you start to take a look at the assets themselves, and then looking at who's using the asset and who's got access to those assets, and so on and so forth. And you start to end up with these sort of policies around security, and this whole policy driven security model that begins to emerge. And you start to, to sort of go down that path. L- let me ask you a question. Um, Based on you know your thoughts, uh, zero trust implementations that you've seen, um, what are some important lessons learned around teams that are looking to implement zero trust?
0: Uh yeah, <laughs> way too many, man. <laughs> um, I could show you the battle scars at some point. <laughs> um, probably a good thing this isn't a, a video cast. <laughs> um, you know, all kidding aside, I think. Some of the big lessons learned or just start simple. You know, what I mean, I think think you hear zero trust as a sort of like I said, architecture term or an industry thing. And it can be super daunting, right? But, but at the end of the day, it, it just really start with those baby steps. And for us, you know, I think the way I look at it is, is, you know. Get onto your modern identity platforms. It doesn't matter what it is. if it's you know a Microsoft product or a Google product or whoever you're using for your identity, get onto those modern platforms and start enforcing MFA. Uh, I mean, that's about as simple as you can get, right? Um, and then you know once you get there, you're you know getting your pick a hero app. pick, pick one app in your environment that the majority of your business uses, your employees use. And then start looking at tuning some rules and and don't go off the rails. I mean, I think historically I've seen, you know, here internally, we had about 8,000 group policy objects. I've talked to other folks in the industry that have had similar, if not more in some cases. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's just, I mean, at what point did somebody actually know what 8,000, I mean, who who knows the inventory of all their GPOs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, just start with, with some of the basics, you know, enforce encryption, enforce password settings, uh, on your devices or pen settings on your mobile devices, right. And enforce that the screens lock it, 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 you know, you could go super deep and super wide, but why, right. I mean, if you just enforce those couple of things, then you're, you're going to start driving, you know, simplification into the enrollment processes and, and you're not overwhelming. And again, making things unproductive because you force too many things down the pipe. Um, I think one of the other big lessons learned we had was just not having all the telemetry we needed to make decisions. Um, you know, getting, getting into things like, you know, how are your users accessing your network? What, where, what are they actually accessing on your network? Um, You know, we have a split tunnel VPN and and getting some of the telemetry there to actually make some decisions to, you know, realizing that it wasn't a bunch of legacy applications, but it was a bunch of sort of non web traffic uh, file shares, SQL servers, you know, things like that, that had just become the the bigger access points and and so i think it was sort of eye-opening there so i really would say that's the three things right just start working on your modern identity before you do anything else and then pick a hero app and set some short policies and start going through all your telemetry and really figuring out where your risks are and, and understanding that and then you can start pivoting from there
1: yeah, and we can certainly do a deep dive on that and keep talking for hours. It's oh, uh, yeah. it's such an important aspect. And let me just ask you one last question here. Um, when you take a look at, at zero trust, um, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of what the, the 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 phrase is today, right? In the past, we had Jericho Forum. We've got zero trust today, and it's you know it could evolve in the future again. But this this idea of, of having these kinds of modern security paradigms. Uh, Where do you see Zero Trust headed, say, like in the next, you know, 12 months, 18 months? Any thoughts on that, Carmichael? Yeah,
0: I mean, that's a great question. Um, I have lots of thoughts and they're all (laughs) circling. Um, Yeah, I think first off, I think there's still a lot of folks out there that just are so network dependent. And I think just even getting into what this modern Zero Trust looks like, where you're no longer network bound and you're, you're using your, as, as we like to say, identity is the perimeter now. I I mean, honestly, I don't think we're, we're nearly as far as, as we should be there. Right. And and depending on whether you're coming from a private sector or government sector or or wherever, I think you're, there's a lot of sort of that legacy on-prem debt that we all have to suffer through Even we do. Right. Um, So I think first and foremost, it's the, That's sort of, I think, just still trying to get through what that looks like, right? And then I think the other area that that we look at is, at least that I've been thinking about, is is more about if I look at this as sort of a three-pronged pyramid of access, which is me as a user, my device and and the application that I'm connecting to, the the two areas where I'm actually looking for trust in the zero trust model is the identity in the device, but am I really trusting that the application I'm connecting to has, I'll say my best interest, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, how, how do we ensure that the applications that we're connecting to or the services that we're connecting to are actually healthy? Um, is there a way to to start looking at that and, and putting some score on those things in, in some form or fashion to to really get that sort of three, three-way level of trust,
1: right? Yeah, that's fascinating. Well, we're up against time. Carmichael, thank you very much. I really appreciate you coming and speaking to our audience today. And I'm hoping we'll get the opportunity to do this again real soon. I hope so too. Yeah, thanks
0: all the for having me. Want to learn about what Security Compass has to offer? Check out securitycompass.com slash demo for a free demo today. Want more of The Balancing Act? Be sure to subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts for more episodes.